Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Hope everybody is doing their best right now as we're going through this crazy time in our world. I'm Tony Bruski, host of Real Ghost Stories Online. Wanted to invite you and let you know about our other brand new podcast that we just launched, Help Kill the Time for You. It's called The Dark Side of Wikipedia. It's about true crime and dark history. We dive into some of the strangest, most disturbed minds and experiences from our history and examine their story, their Wikipedia entry, and then discuss the cases, the individuals, and the psychology of the events as we go through each and every story. Some of our first episodes include Ed Gein, the BTK killer, the new London school explosion, Amityville murders, Richard Speck, Amelia Dyer, the General Slocum disaster, Jeffrey Dahmer, and more. New episodes every single week. Check out Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search it. Subscribe wherever you download podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. It's available now with new episodes every single week. Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search and subscribe today and stay safe out there. A trucker struggles to find rest late one night only to be disturbed by a supernatural visitor in his resting place. Who was that visitor and what did she want? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We'd love to hear them. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com and this is a program that's supported by you guys. So if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. That's what we call you. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to all of the bonus episodes of our show, almost 300 of them. Brand new ones every single week put out just for our EPPs. You also get access to our audiobook and ebook, both Amazon bestsellers. And this is like 15 bucks a pop if you buy them uh, through Amazon or Audible. But you get them for free when you're an EPP. For that five bucks a month, you get it. Download it. Keep it for the rest of your life. Pass it on to your grandchildren. Do whatever you want. 
Um, but uh, there you go. Check it out. Ghostpodcast.com or Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Patreon's got that super easy to use app. So check it out. Same content in both places. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. I'm excited because I like trucker stories. They're some of my favorites, I they think, are. over the years on the show. There's been so many, and I, I wish I knew what episode, what was on what, mm-hmm. uh, because some way back, we had some really good ones at the beginning of the program. And as I'm trying to grab some extra stuff right now during uh, our quarantine extravaganza, uh, I, I'm trying to uh, find some of the older EPP episodes and I'm uh, for several weeks here. I've been posting uh, some of those uh, as like a bonus Sunday thing, uh-huh. where it's like, "Hey, I know everybody's getting bored of shit. You know, here's an extra episode." Sure. Um, so that's so for a temporary time. I'm digging into those archives and posting some extra stuff on uh, Saturday and Sundays on our feed. So literally seven days a week, there's content uh, that's been coming out. Once the quarantine's done, we'll go back to our normal schedule. But. <laughs> um, but right now, um, I've been finding some really interesting ones. A couple of weeks back, I posted um, the episode uh, where it was the guy who was on the train. And yeah. this, this is in our book, too. That's that, a good one. That story made it into the book where he was, was it in Germany? I, I think so. And he was, it was a night train he was taking. And suddenly he had this experience. And it was like going back to World War II. And there were soldiers on the train and there was firing of the weapons going on and he was taking cover and then it all just went away just like as quick as it happened it stopped haunting story um that is in the book too but um, i posted that episode i I don't know the date but it was uh end of uh march end of march somewhere Mm -hmm. in there on a a sunday episode uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us good to see people social distancing out the window a woman actually carrying a baby uh, uh in front of her and about a foot and a half away from a neighbor so you're doing good here i'm so tired of talking about the stupid neighbors <laughs> i just every time I, i'm just gonna close my shade and be a mushroom again yeah uh 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. Let's go to a letter. It says, I'm a trucker, and this event happened to me about two years ago, right after it became mandatory for truckers to start using electronic logging devices instead of the old paper log books we used prior. We used to just rip up our old logs and start a new one if we needed to drive more than the law would allow. But now you can't cheat the electronic logging device it tracks you on gps and the smart box on the truck records if your truck moves that data is automatically sent to whatever trucking company you work for and if you're not in compliance you'll get a phone call from the safety department and risk being fired let me get to the story picked up a load of steel late one day i was nearly out of hours on my logbook, and i was fretting about finding a safe place to park up for the night to take my mandatory 10-hour break I was pretty much in the middle of nowhere near the Mississippi and Alabama state line. Came upon an abandoned gas station that had a gravel lot adjoining to it. I only had a few minutes left on my logs and I could tell at one time this place was a small truck stop. I was in a dilemma. It was either break the law and get a call from my safety department or park up in this vacant lot and go to bed. This place was completely empty and the windows were boarded up. The gas pumps removed and there was not a soul in sight. Figured this place was my best bet for the night. So I pulled my rig in and there and shut the shut it down. 
I'm a rural type of guy from Tennessee, so being out in the middle of nowhere like that didn't bother me. I knew I'd appreciate the quietness in the air, and I always travel with a handgun just in case. Let me say quickly that it is perfectly legal for truckers to travel with a gun if the, in the states you travel, honor your state's concealed carry permit. Anyway, I was exhausted after a long day, and it was dark outside with a little drizzling rain. I opened the curtain behind the driver's seat and went from the cab into the sleeper where my bed was. Pulled the curtain shut, got in my comfortable sleep clothes, and laid down to bed. I didn't doze right off, though. But half an hour later, I had a little reading light over my bunk turned on, and I was looking at a magazine when I heard a woman's voice outside my truck. thought it was odd since there was seemingly nobody on the property, but just moments later, I heard a man's voice, too. I thought to myself, maybe the property owners were about to run me off. But at the time... That thought ran through my head. I heard more voices. The number of voices started to grow and get louder. Now, I'm starting to get worried. And someone smacks the side of my truck with her hand three times, as if to get my attention. I immediately turn off my light in the sleeper and wonder if I'm going to poke my head out the curtain or play like I'm not in the truck. Just in an instant, more hands start smacking the truck. I mean a bunch of smacks on every side of the truck. The voices... I'm starting to become yelling. I can't make out a word being said. My truck didn't have windows on the sleeper, so the only way I could look out to see what the heck was happening was to stick my head through that curtain into the cab. Man, oh man, I didn't want to do that. Smacking and yelling got louder, and my guess would be that there were at least 50 people outside my truck doing this. My truck started rocking back and forth. I'm hearing a blood-curdling woman scream mixed with yelling voices. The smacks are violent and all over my truck. Even the top of my truck was being smacked. The truck is really rocking hard. I'm getting really scared. Heck, I'm terrified. I knew I had to react somehow, and I mustered up the courage to go through the curtain. Of course, my pistol came through that curtain before the rest of me did. But my head went through, and I could see outside. Everything stopped. There wasn't anybody outside my truck. And from what I could see, thanks to a nearby streetlight, the whole property was just as empty as it was when I first parked there. Without hesitation, cranked up my truck and was grabbing gears out there with my shifting hand, and I was steering and holding my pistol with the other. I drove more than half an hour away and got the last available parking spot at a big and busy truck stop. I didn't care that I just broke the law by driving beyond the time allowed. I got out of my truck, had my gun concealed in my pocket, with it on hand and I walked around my trailer just to make sure nobody was hiding on it or under it. Once I felt safe I examined the truck but did not see any evidence or handprints from what had just happened. I got a nasty call from my safety department the next morning wanting to know why I violated the amount of time I could legally drive. I wasn't about to tell them what happened to me and probably be sent in for a drug test. Instead I made up a story about how a local deputy told me I was trespassing and ran me off. I received a good butt chewing for a few more minutes, but I didn't really care. That's my story. I don't know what it was. I'm going to keep on trucking right on past every abandoned spot I might be tempted to park at. Take care, y'all. I love that story. That's a good one. I'm wondering if they were trying to scare him off to keep him safe. Because sometimes ghosts will do that. Like there's something here. There's something here. Let's terrify you to make you leave you think trying to protect someone from the living or protect 
from other negative spirits. It's hard to know. Yeah. But if there's that many in there that adamant to get you to go. Yeah, go. You know, haunted houses are creepy, but some of those off the, you know, not even off the beaten path, but just abandoned truck stops. Mm -hmm. Those are really creepy. Mm -hmm. I like the ones that like had diners attached to them that are really only like, like the word diner. There's like, like die is all that's left. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> or that, that wouldn't work. D-I-N. No, die wouldn't work. Yeah, that's or just D-I. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you can just kind of tell like, oh, this was like a happening little spot once, mm -hmm. you know, everybody... But now it's just decrepit and everything's rotting away. Those, I don't know why, but those I find really, really creepy. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to pull off to the side of the road many times and like just explore them and look at them. But I'm then that's where I'm more afraid of like, you know, who's living in this and is now calling this home oh. and not, you know, trying to make it look like anyone's living there. Because imagine if you're going to hide out in a place, you don't necessarily want to make it look like you're there. Mm -hmm. So probably in the back room. I don't know. That's probably nothing that is actually going on, but I'd be more afraid of that. But those are creepy places. So I could totally see that being like, yeah. <laughs> suppose if I was a trucker though, I would do that. I would purposely try and stop at those places for the night. Yeah. Cause I could find an, that's an excuse to stop there. If you're just like driving around and you know, your car, it's like, what are you doing here? But if you're the trucker, like, Oh, I got to stop for the night. Look like an empty lot. Total great place to explore. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more of a safety and numbers kind of person. Yeah. So I'd want to be with other trucks. Yeah. Give them the CB radio. Tell people you're going there. <laughs> we had a CB radio in my kid, in the car that we had as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. Oh my God. I think my mom used it like twice, but it was there. What did your dad use it? Was there a purpose for it? I don't know what the purpose was, but my, okay. So when I was really little, my mom had like a 1985 bird that looked just almost, you know, it was a gold version of the Trans Am from Smoking the Bandit. Mm -hmm. So I think at that point, everybody had a CB radio. It was popular back in the 80s. Yeah. Most like, I remember like almost every, I assumed they were in every truck that I ever went into, like just like dad trucks, you know? Now, my grandmother has a good story. She, we actually owned this car after a while, but she had this big, um, it was an international travel all is what, it, it was like a suburban before suburbans. And she spun out on a bridge in some ice. Mm -hmm. My mom and her sister were in the car and she had the CB radio and a trucker actually helped, you know, kind of give her guidance on how to get yeah back and so ever since then they had cb radios but my my little short <laughs> shotgun shooting cb radio yeah. grandmother yeah just makes her more of a badass i like cb radios yeah i think they're fun we should get one we should get one and then not know what to do with it i just tell ghost stories through it as we drive along <laughs> It's like, there's those ghost story people. I um I think I told the story a long time ago on the show. But when I was in high school, I wanted to create my own radio station. And this is, there's no internet. I mean, there was internet, but you couldn't like, there's no streaming, you know. Yeah. So that was not an option. So my best option was to get a CB radio and uh, wire it up to a mixing board and then key the mic, which you're not supposed to do. 
I think it's technically illegal. I don't know what the, I don't know if the CB laws, I don't know. You totally did it yeah. illegal, illegally. So I did it. So I, um, I keyed the mic and then had it hooked to the board so the sound would go through the CB radio. And I started playing like top 40 music. So it's like suddenly Smash Mouth and, you know, Fastball and Enrique Iglesias are like pumping through the CB radio. And I have like, auto, I had hooked up to like computer automation. So it was like playing like radio station IDs and I'd made a station. It was like CB Mix 5. And then I played it for a good hour or so. Unkeyed the mic. And then suddenly I hear, yeah, I think we figured out where the house is. It's doing this. Uh, that was our car. Jesus Christ, you have a car from vacation. <laughs> that was the, the one that had the CB in it. You had the car from vacation. Well, it's not a station wagon. It's like the SUV version. Oh, my God. It was green with wood, oh just my like God. that. It is. the Yeah. I mean, that's what it was based on. It was that. It was awesome. Anyway, I'm yeah. sorry. So I, I did that. And then I go and I look out the front window. And there's this beat up like Trans Am going around with like a giant antenna that's attached to it. Just kind of circling back and forth in front of our house, trying to figure out which house in the neighborhood the signal is coming from. Because I had this giant antenna that you're supposed to like attach to your roof of your house. I just leaned it up against the corner of my bedroom wall on the top floor of the house. Totally safe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's how I broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) That lasted uh, one night. But uh, that's my CB radio station, 1998. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Coast Stories Online. I just never had the idea to do, to do this show through the CB back then. Probably would have worked. I don't think you can do a whole show through the CB. No, it's not designed for that. It's supposed to like key and unkey and talk. It's not a... Yeah. Imagine you started doing it now. Just... I would have a CB just for something fun to do on road trips. Yeah. But I don't know the lingo. I don't know how to talk to anybody. I don't know how you know which truck you're talking to. I don't know that you do know. I don't know. You need like a call sign. (laughs) What would your call sign be? (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to go to the next story and think about that. Okay. Uh, 855-853-4802, our number. The next story starts in 2012. I got a clerical job at the Oregon State Hospital where one flew over the cuckoo's nest was filmed. On the first day of my orientation, my supervisor asked me if I'd like to walk in the tunnels to the other side of the street to the J building. It was very creepy. The hospital was in the process of tearing down all the old buildings and building a new hospital on the same land, which is now considered a state of art in mental hospitals. As we were heading back to the tunnel, I started hearing heavy footsteps and a jingle of keys behind me. My supervisor heard it too, as if something was escorting us out of the tunnel. As months went by, I began having a lot of experiences as many of the staff had been having, sightings of a little girl on the third floor in period clothing, a woman's restroom where the door would open and the next stall over would jiggle, apparitions of patients looking out windows onto the busy street below. Many staff and personnel would share their own experiences with me. My husband currently works there. He's seen shadow people, felt the presence of a group of little children surrounding him, co-workers who have permission from management not to work past 9 p.m., chairs moving, tubs turning on by themselves, staff reporting being followed to their cars by negative entities, voices heard by staff, sounds of children running and giggling, 
on the fourth floor. Story is Jack Nicholson hated filming there. The place creeped him out. There's an outdoor crematorium that holds over 3,000 cremains still unclaimed going back several decades. A young woman committed suicide in one of the units last year, but staff still see her wandering near the room she died in. Google haunted Oregon State Hospitals. Many ghost hunters have requested to do an investigation, but since it's a 24-7 operational hospital and the state hospital does not want the publicity, these groups are turned down. Many sad and horrible deaths with a lot of history. Many lost souls. They tore down the oldest section built in 1882. They gutted the historical section and remodeled the entire building into beautiful offices and conference rooms. Many believe the construction of the new hospital stirred up ghosts. There are still over 1,600 patients unaccounted for dating back to 1882. Most likely buried on land away from the hospital, now now residential neighborhoods. OSH is on Salem, Oregon's top 10 most haunted places. One night, my husband and his male co-workers were on an errand upstairs in the old building. One night, my husband saw a woman in a long white nightgown walk through a brick wall. That woman is in a photo in the hospital museum. Another staff has seen her. I truly feel sad for these past souls. Okay, so considering that Jack Nicholson was also in The Shining and his least favorite place to film a movie was Mm -hmm. this hospital it's that much creepier than the hotel from the shining yeah that that makes it a great place no to go and and stay gosh stay for a while what would it be like right now if you're like the caretaker of of a hotel that isn't reopening right now and you suddenly like okay finally it's you know season's almost done i can go back to normal life nope do they ask you to stay longer? Do they do they switch up the caretakers at this point? Do they? Because they haven't reopened the hotel. Yeah. I would think they'd have to switch up the caretakers because you've, you've committed to a certain number of yeah. months. I mean, they would have to. I yeah. mean, like when you and I have talked about at some point when the kids are grown, trying to do the caretaker thing in Mackinac, mm-hmm. they've, you know, you can only commit to a certain number of months before you got to go back to your regular sure. life. Yeah. So I would imagine they have to switch it up. I would imagine, I suppose you could get the option like, Hey, you want to stay a few more weeks or months or years? Yeah. <laughs> we don't really know. Right. It's your hotel. If it goes past a year. <laughs> it's true. Um, I don't know. That's, it's gotta be kind of disheartening if you're in that, if you're like, I'm ready to go. And then you're good luck. Yeah. I was um, reading the other day an article, and like I, this is episode is being recorded on the sixth of uh, April. We're in April. We're in April. April, um, and of a couple that went to uh, some island I forgot where um, for their honeymoon, mm-hmm. and they went kind of late in this. You know, it was everything was already kind of starting to get locked down, but they'd already paid all this money, and they're like, "What do we do?" And they went. Well, they got there. And then all the airports started closing. And they live in South Africa. Mm-hmm. All the airports there, in, inbound flights, not taking them. Outbound flights, not taking them. Um, most people had were on their way out of this resort as they arrived. It's like, shit, what do we do? So they're trying to get flights, and they can't. Nobody can fly them out. And there was a, they found like 20 other people on the island that were also trying to get home. 
And the only option was a chartered flight out. And they'd have to split the cost of like a $140,000 flight. Yeah. And so they're like, well, they tried to split it up and some people didn't want to pay and some people would pay and then it just didn't work. So they are the only two people at this giant resort uh, on their honeymoon. And the full staff has to stay by law because on the island, if you have any guests at the resort, the hotel has to remain fully staffed and they cannot lay off staff and they, for whatever reason you can't like minimize staff so there's like seven waiters for them there's all this shit so what happened to the other people that were going to charter the flight i guess it just didn't work out like some so they're i guess quarantining at their place too and staying and the hotel is giving them a massive discount per night because normally it's like 600 bucks a night oh, um but still every night it's ticking away and yeah. they're having to eat meals there and all that so they're you know diving into their savings and everything to you know stay and they're waiting to by the time this airs maybe they'll have gotten out God. but it, it, it's you almost want to start a gofundme to help them yeah. but but then you're like you're also stranded in paradise and that that's kind of their point is like it's like well there's worse places to be stranded but this is getting really expensive yeah so I don't know. I mean, the pictures are funny because it's just them like on a beach and then like them in front of a giant resort. And nobody. this is totally like the walking dead. Yeah. It's like there's nobody there. And there's there's going to be so many weird stories at the end of all this of people that got stuck in some places and we haven't heard the stories yet um, and, and what they did. God, it makes me never want to leave the house. <laughs> it's just crazy. But I mean, and I don't know how many as of today of this recording. But there's still, as far as I know, several people on cruise ships. Yeah, they are. And they're still trying to find ports that'll yeah. take them. And those were not like, like, hey, it's a seven-day cruise. Those are some of the like 21, 48-day longer cruises. And, and there's dead on those boats. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what do you do? Do you stick them in the freezer? I mean. You think we're going to see an influx of haunted ships? God, I don't know that I ever want to go on a cruise now after all this. After, I mean, I don't, I mean, for the most part, a lot of ships are just docked and there hasn't been like massive, but some of these where it's like they're at sea and not finding it. Like, how bad is that going to get? I don't know. Happy thoughts today on Real Ghost Stories Online. 855 853 4802 is our phone number to share your real ghost stories with us here on the program. Hi, Tony and Jenny, or Carol, whoever's hosting with you today. Either one, it's pleasant to hear your voice. Uh, this is Dave in Apache Junction, Arizona. Again, the uh, impound guy had the story of the uh, dead guy van a while back. Um, got another one for you. I spoke with some of my drivers, and of course, they're more than happy to share their stories. They just don't want to be mentioned by name. So, got one for you. It happened a while back. I'm actually standing in the spot that this supposedly occurred. Um, I say supposedly because I wasn't there, but believe the guy 100%. So, um, working here at a police impound, you know, like I mentioned before, we get a lot of car accidents and stuff like that. So I get to see the aftermath. Um, well, one night, I guess somebody had wrecked a motorcycle, and the driver that brought it in, and it was probably around midnight or so, middle of the night, so of course the lot's closed, office is closed. There's nobody around for probably a good couple mile radius. 
Um, so our driver unloaded the motorcycle, and as he's sitting in his tow truck filling out the paperwork, he's got the um, motorcycle on his windshield. He can see it from where he's sitting. And looks up from his paperwork as he thinks he sees movement, and he sees what looks to him like somebody sitting on the motorcycle smoking a cigarette. So, of course, the first thing he thinks of is, oh, no, somebody broke into the lot. So he jumps out of the truck, kicks on the headlights to tell the guy, hey, you're not supposed to be here. I need you to leave or I'm going to call the cops. And as soon as he kicks on the headlights, he realizes that the person sitting on the motorcycle is just a solid apparition from the waist up, no legs. Just, he said it just kind of disappeared from waist down and had black holes for eyes. And it kind of freaked him out a little bit, and the guy was in the headlights for maybe a couple seconds and then vanished in front of him. Needless to say, we didn't get paperwork for that motorcycle till the following morning. Um, just a kind of a creepy one that he mentioned. Um, unfortunately, no longer works with us. He works for a different tow company, but I still see him on a regular basis, and it still freaks him out to this day. And the reason why I'm standing in the spot where this happened is because where they park all the motorcycles, wrecked or not, is literally right outside the back door of my office. So as I'm leaving every night at 7.15, around this time of year, it's January right now, uh, it's pretty dark here in Arizona. And, of course, there's no, well, there is motion-censored lights that haven't worked in quite a while, so it's pretty dark when I leave. And one of my biggest fears is one day jumping in my truck and seeing same thing kicking on the headlights and seeing somebody there that's not really there got plenty more stories for you uh, i'll call you back at a later date and share some more with you and as far as getting used to seeing the aftermath of car accidents like i heard on another one of your stories earlier in the week um after a while it does kind of you kind of get a little jaded to it it comes to the norm uh, what used to shock me doesn't really anymore. Every once in a while, though, you do get one in that just baffles you and kind of leaves you a little shook for the night. I'll have to share that story a little later on. You guys take care, and uh, hope to hear some more good stories from you. Bye-bye. I don't think i do good with that job. No, I wonder how often there are still spirits attached to those vehicles, you know? No. Like this motorcycle story. What would be the freakiest thing for you to see? I mean, the the black eyed thing scares me. Mm-hmm. Just that idea where it's like you look up and like there's that thing with black eyes and it, everything else looks normal. But what for you, if you came across something, what would be like the everything looks normal, but this and you're like, oh, God, what would be the moment? What would be the thing that would freak you out? Like as far as. In that job? Well, in that, like, if you were to see, let's say, let's say you're just walking down the sidewalk and you, you see a person walking and you think, oh, it's a person walking, you know? Mm-hmm. And then for me, what would be the scariest is if I looked at them and they looked at me and it's just black eyes. Yeah. That to me, like, that would be the moment and that would be the feature that freaks me out. What would it be for you? You're walking on the sidewalk, it looks like a normal person, and you look and like, oh, shit, but this one thing is off. Probably the black eyes are. Like they turn and look at you and half their face is missing. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. Or if you looked at them, they had hooves. You know, the hoof thing, I know that that's a very, very, very bad sign. You're cool with a hoof, hoof no, foot I'm person? No, I'm not cool with the hoof person at all. But to me, <laughs> I think more of the, the facial stuff that would scare me more. 
Where it's like the one side and then they turn their head and then it's... Yeah, the other side's gone. Like Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. Do you remember that scene or did you did you shut your eyes during that scene? I don't remember that scene. Gus Fring was in the um, the uh, the nursing home and the guy who rings the bell, mm-hmm. um, he had wired himself up to blow himself up to kill Gus. Mm-hmm. And Gus was visiting him and he's dinging his bell and then Gus is like, what the hell? And then he blows up and then Gus Fring walks out and the camera shoots is, is showing you just kind of like one side of him walking out. And then the camera pans to the front. And then you see half of his face is gone and he's half skeleton. Then he just collapses. Okay. One of the creepiest, grossest yeah. scenes I've I've ever seen on television. Yeah, that would freak me out. That would be it. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that part. I, there was a lot of parts on Breaking, Bre- Breaking Bad that scared me that I closed my eyes for just because the one that I can't get over is the head riding on the turtle. Yeah, I think I was pregnant with Harper when I saw that and I walked through the room and I'm like what the fuck are you watching you know <laughs> See, this is how it always starts though when I'm watching a show you're always like what the fuck are you watching and then you end up loving the show started that way with Breaking Bad with Walking Dead and I have a feeling that I'm going to be a Tiger fan or a Tiger King watcher soon yep Especially since you're playing that stupid song that's stuck in my head now. I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, the the Tiger King. I've watched like one and a half episodes, maybe, maybe not even quite that, and it's just been a fucking train wreck. But it's like you can't stop watching. Not that it's good for your brain. It's but a distraction from the real world. It is. So it's good. I think it's the same way. Like Trailer Park Boys was a distracting. I love Trailer Park Boys. Like, that was just such a funny show. The thing is, like, Tiger King is, like, real. That's what makes it even more fucked up. I know. So, I, I know. tell you what, Trailer Park Boys got me through that whole summer I was pregnant with Harper. If you're looking for a show to binge on, because they had a big, like, pub, you know, a lot of popularity a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. then I kind of, you know, went down a little bit. Uh, if you've not heard of Trailer Park Boys, it's on Netflix. Um... Check that out. That's another fun one to binge on. I started watching it thinking I'm never going to like this. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's it's smart humor. It's dry humor. It's bizarre humor. It's yeah, yeah. it's a fucked up show. Um, I don't know that I finished the last couple of seasons because after like 10 seasons, you're like, OK, it's kind of the same shit over and over. But the first handful of seasons are great. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's a binging suggestion for you today. Uh, if you've watched Tiger King 10 times over. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like our show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person, an EPP as we call it. You sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of our bonus episodes, new content every single week. They're exclusively for you and you are supporting the show and keeping it on the air. Check it out. Until next time for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening and supporting Real Ghost Stories Online. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. 
Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.